fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It is a cold day in February, and I mean that in many different ways. First off, it is a cold day in February here in Wichita, Kansas. It is 11 degrees. They have a wind chill tonight of expected to be like 20 below zero, so that's kind of nice. As much as I've been enjoying my cold therapy, it's taken it to another level, and I'm trying to adapt. Hey, welcome into the broadcast, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. Right here on the Big Talker, KQAM is our flagship radio station all over the country on radio, TV, and live streaming. Plus, we have the podcast as well. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's also a cold day in February, a cold, dark, dreary day in February because there are really ridiculous, stupid people in Washington, D.C. doing really ridiculous, stupid things in Washington, D.C. Is the impeachment trial in the U.S. Senate is officially underway as of just a few hours ago. They are doing the hearings right now. We'll probably uh, go live to some of that here in just a minute and get some of the thoughts from the attorneys as they continue to do their thing and what this all means. Are you concerned? I'm not. It's dumb. It's frustrating. It's angering. And you want to talk about unity? This is not how you do it. This is not how you do it. This is not unifying. And we're not going to unite, especially with you going after someone like Donald Trump after he's already been out of office. So uh, we're going to talk about that here throughout the show. Quite a bit. You get your thoughts on it, which you can do on the live streaming. You can email me at Hoosier Media Network at gmail.com. You can also go to the website at HoosierReason.com. You can watch the live stream and leave us some comments on the website as well. So a big show. We have a lot of that to talk about. We have uh, the wrapping up of everybody seems to be still all worked up about the Super Bowl. Did you know now that it was racist for Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl because he's the white guy that has seven Super Bowls and Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback from the Kansas City Chiefs, is half black, so therefore it's racist. I know! I know! So maybe we'll get into that here in just a minute as well because why the heck? It's way more entertaining to me at least to talk about that than it is to talk about this ridiculous impeachment hearing. Because what is this going to accomplish? Is this going to do anything or accomplish anything at all in any way, shape, or form? No, it's not. Let's run through this first. This illegal, unconstitutional impeachment hearing. Andy, it's really not. Let's go through it, shall we? And I know we're not. I, I want to get into the weeds a little bit to make you understand. Because most people don't follow this stuff to a T. Most people don't understand a lot of the legalities of what's going on here. In order for you to impeach a president, first off, they have to be in position of power because that's why you're impeaching them is to remove them from office. That's the whole purpose of it. He's not there anymore, which means it's kind of dumb to do so. The whole reason is a political reason is because number one, they hate Donald Trump. Number one, they're number two, they're terrified of Donald Trump. Number three, they don't want him to run for office ever again. So if they impeach him a a second time and with this bill that they're presenting here or this trial that they're presenting, that way they can prevent him from running ever again. Now, I don't even know that he's going to run ever again, but they don't want him to do so. So therefore, they just want to say, "Mm, watch this. Now, a president needs to be sitting in order for them to impeach him, to remove him from office. They could vote to say, no, we don't want him to ever run for office again because he had some type of criminal activity. So number one, they need to have absolute proof, absolute evidence for them to say, yes, he incited the violence in Washington, D.C. on January 6th because of this comment, X, Y, and Z. 
Now, that comment doesn't exist because all he said was, we're going to stop the steal. And then he said, go to the Capitol. Now, he did not say go to the Capitol, break through the windows, and in, in you know do an insurgence into the Capitol. He did not say that at all. So unless they act, the actual evidence of him saying, go to the Capitol, break in, stop the hearings, stop what's going on, they physically have to say that then they don't have anything. So it's a sham right off the bat. Number two, in order for them to actually have a legitimate impeachment hearing, they need to have the Chief Justice John Roberts from the U.S. Supreme Court to actually oversee the impeachment hearing in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Let's see, they just had a vote real quickly. The question is whether former President Donald J. Trump is subject to the jurisdiction of a court of impeachment for acts committed with the president. So they had the court hearing, or they had the judge or the uh, uh, attorneys stand up to make a case on whether they should hear an impeachment trial, which they just voted 56 to 44. So even some Republicans voted on that one to support to move forward with it. But I digress. What makes you actually a legitimate impeachment hearing? To have an active Supreme Court justice, Chief Justice John Roberts, which that would be right now, would have to be the one to preside over the U.S. Senate hearings. Now, they say that that the president has to be actually a president at that time in office for him to preside over it. If not, then they don't actually have to do that, which means what's the point of even doing it? Again, right now they have a Democrat in the Senate that's presiding over it, which, by the way, when you have you ever chosen to have a juror stand up and be the judge? The judge is supposed to be the impartial one just doing the hearing and doing the procedural thing and listening to all the evidence and then letting the jurors actually decide. So you have a juror that's going to be voting in this, actually presiding over this to decide on the fate of President Donald J. Trump. None of this makes any sense. And if the chief justice is not overseeing it from the Supreme Court, that means that he's not an active case because he's not in public office. Therefore, it's irrelevant. At the same time, whether you agree, disagree, whether it's legitimate, whether it's uh, unconstitutional, whether it's legal or not legal, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you need two-thirds vote. You need 67 senators to say, yes, we need to impeach him and we need to punish him to where he's not allowed to ever run for office ever again. At the end of the day, none of it matters because they're not going to get it. They have a 50-50 vote or split between Republicans and Democrats with a tie-breaking vote with Kamala Harris, which is why they're going to get most of their agenda through, unfortunately, uh, when it comes to maybe taxes, when it comes to the COVID-19, all the other garbage, because they have that 50-50 vote with the tiebreaker of Kamala Harris. And then there will be some Republicans that feel like going and floating off to the other side because that's what they normally do. Susan Collins, that's what they do. Lisa Murkowski, that's what they do. Mitt Romney. So that's really where we're at. And they just went to a break, it looks like. So they're all done for the day. They did their hearings, and they're all over. They voted, yes, we're going to continue on with an impeachment, and we'll see what happens tomorrow. It's supposed to go like four days. They're going to vote. It's not going to go anywhere. So while we're debating COVID and disaster relief, while we're trying to distribute vaccines all over the place, while we have a massive issue at the border with illegal immigrants that I want to talk about here on the show today as well, while we have serious issues going on and Joe Biden is like, hey, (laughs) watch my executive order pen. We have the U.S. Senate going through an impeachment trial that's going to be a waste of time and money, and they're still not going to get them. Now, the argument from the Democrats. I was listening to a lot of the impeachment today. Didn't get to listen to all of it. But listening to them, they're going to have to make a very strong case in order to get over however many 17 Republicans to come and support them to hit that 67 two-thirds majority in the U.S. Senate, which isn't going to happen. But if they did, let's speculate for a second on what that argument would actually look like. They would have to play the patriotic, emotional, you know, 
we shredded the Constitution. We shredded the American flag when they in, insurrected there, and Donald Trump caused that. But again, that's not going to work because Republicans know better. They're going to have to try and bring up the Federalist Papers and bring up some kind of patriotic, nice, really smooth-talking speech for people to be like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I can go along with that argument, but that's not going to happen. I did watch in it. I had to walk away. My blood was boiling. I couldn't deal with it. I was watching it at the very beginning. As soon as the Democrats' attorney went up there, he said, this is absolute proof. Now, the argument they were making was the argument that they thought Republicans were going to make saying that because it was January and he was leaving office that he's immune to an impeachment, and they went through the historical references of all prior presidents throughout the history, saying no, that they wanted to be held accountable if they left office, and they could still get in trouble if they did something bad after they leave office, so therefore it's totally invalid. Look at all the history cases, and Republicans are going to want to erase it. I, I agree. You know what? If somebody does something very, very bad, whether they're in office or they're on their way out of office or they just left office. I want to incriminate them. I want to go after them. I want to make sure that they can't do it again. If they committed treason, if they did bribery things, if they did horrible, atrocious things, you know what? I agree. Let's go after them and let's make sure they never do that again, especially being a public official. Donald Trump didn't do that. Again, what happened in Washington, D.C. was terrible with the violence the insurrection, the protests, the angry people, they're still angry. Obviously, this hasn't settled. Obviously, there's still a lot of information about voter fraud. Obviously, there's a lot of information about uh, about a, a rigged election system that people are still very angry about. And you haven't even tried to address that. Instead, you've tried to suppress it. Now you're going after the guy that you were that they were upset about for you going after in the first place. Tell me how that's going to work out for you. So you're trying to say... That it happened, okay, it happened. Can you punish officials after they're off out of office? Sure, you can, but why would you do that with Donald Trump right now? What's the purpose? What's the point? It's nothing more than a political charade to waste time to try to abuse Donald Trump, to rub that salt in the wound, and trying to get you riled up. Trying to get you riled up because I was angry. They played a video. As soon as the attorney went up there, he was like, watch this. We have absolute 100% proof that Donald Trump caused this insurrection to happen. And they played a clip. It was like a 20-minute long video. And it started off with Donald Trump at his rally on that day where he said, we need to stop the steal and we need to go to the Capitol. Now, they cut it from there, from Donald Trump's speech. Again, this is my production side, video production, media side coming out of me. Witnessing and being able to watch this where he said, we need to go to the Capitol. Now, they faded away from him at that point, where he did not say, let's go and charge against the Capitol. He said, we need to march to the Capitol. And then they cut away from him, and they started playing video of the crowd, where they're like, yeah, we need to take down the Capitol. This is our Capitol. This is our building. And then they just played all the emotional side from there, because that's all it is. It's emotional. A lot of people that were very emotionally charged, a lot of people that were very angry, they were abusing the cops. They were beating people up. They were charging into the Capitol. They were saying derogatory things. They just played those clips over and over and over for 20 minutes on the Senate floor. And that's supposed to win over Republicans? Now, look, I'm not an attorney. I'm not the most genius guy in the whole wide world. However, if you're trying to win over somebody, you don't do it by saying you guys are the problem and I hate you and you started this and you tried to have people killed. You should vote the other way doesn't usually work that way. You can't attack somebody and be like, why aren't you supporting this movement? doesn't work that way. 
but it infuriated me, and I had to get up and I had to walk out. I had to, just watching that and watching how they twisted it, how they meshed all this garbage together for this negative campaign, which is their job. That's what they're supposed to do. I get it. I couldn't watch it. I had to stand up. I had to walk away. So there's that. This is all the distraction, though, because at the same time, there's a major issue in the country. We have Democrats that are passing a COVID bill that's almost $2 trillion, which, yeah, you're going to get a little bit of money out of it, but at what cost to the nation are we going to do this? We're still not opening things up. They want to do a third stimulus package, and they now want to start doing $3,000 tax write-offs uh, for children or tax incentives for children per child every single month. Meaning if you have children, you're going to get money from the government every single month just for having that child because we're starting to go towards the universal income from the federal government. No one seems to be talking about this. At the same time, we have a major illegal immigration problem where Joe Biden has already halted the building of the wall. He's already started the catch and release. Now he's made it so hard that you could stop an individual that's a known member of a gang with their gang signs and gang tattoos that has drugs and guns in their vehicle, that is an illegal alien, you call up ICE and they're like, yeah, sorry, we can't do a whole lot about it. That's the point that we've gotten within two weeks of going from the Trump administration to the Biden administration. We have a serious problem. But by all means, let's focus on an impeachment that's not even going to go anywhere because we don't have the two-thirds majority to impeach Donald Trump, so it doesn't matter regardless of the illegality of it, regardless of the constitutionality of it. It's worthless. It's a waste of time. But the media is focused on that. To not let you know what's going on over here. We got a lot to get to today. It's the Voice of Reason for a Tuesday. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with the Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great Republic.
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. we got a lot of viewers on the YouTube, the Podbean live stream, the Twitch account, which you can go to twitch.tv. Find us on there at Hoosier Reason. Also on the website at HoosierReason.com. Thanks for hanging out. A lot of people are engaged. I love this. I love this. As frustrated as I was with some of the hearing today, you know what this tells me? Because usually on an off-political season, people start to get like a little disengaged. But that's not the case. There are so many active, engaged, and angry, frustrated people that they're staying tuned in. We're still rocking it on the download, still rocking it on the daily views. Thank you for that. We're growing every single day. And this is an opportunity for us to be civically minded. We get to learn more about constitutional law. We get to learn about constitutional process. We get to learn how things are done and how things aren't done. You ever work at that place? One of those crazy jobs where it's like, this is how you learn not to do certain things, right? And it's, those are kind of fun. We're in that position right now where we're literally learning this is how you not operate a government agency. This is how you learn not to do constitutional process with the House representatives and the U.S. Senate trying to do an impeachment trial because we need the chief justice to actually be, I don't know, there to oversee for a balance of powers at the federal level. And he's not there, which means this is really just like, yeah, we just want to put a mark on your la- a mark on your record just to say, hey, we didn't like you and now we're going to come after you. And they're not going to get the 67 votes, so he's going to get acquitted. He's going to be fine. I do enjoy, however, how the media is re- uh, reporting this. How the media is going after. The headline from the Daily Mail, which as you know from the UK, very progressive, very liberal. Democrats say they had devastating new evidence against Trump for his impeachment trial just before it begins. Is it the same kind of evidence, that hardline, brand new evidence that, oh my gosh, we need to wait and watch and see what happens? Is that the same kind of evidence that they presented during the whole Russian collusion thing? Because they always said, Adam Schiff always said that he always had all this evidence and yet we never saw it. All we did was get hearsay and, oh, this person heard and this person said that someone else heard and, oh, that's what we got. So we ended up impeaching him for a farce the first time with the Russian collusion because of hearsay of third-party hand accounts of I heard someone say that they heard this from somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, and that was evidence enough for them to do a political thing to slander him and go after an impeachment. And they're still losing their minds that Donald Trump has not responded to any of this. According to the Daily Mail, meanwhile, President Donald Trump will take a break from his golfing this week to closely follow his second impeachment trial on TV from his Mar-a-Lago residence. He's that rich old white guy that's been golfing for the last two weeks since he left office, and he's going to take a break from that nice classy golfing trip that he's had to sit in his nice fancy home and watch the impeachment trial against himself. There's no political bias in there in any way, shape, or form, right? From the Daily Mail. None at all. None at all. At the same time, the president's already trying to tell uh, Ivanka Trump and his, and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, not to rock the boat before the trial concedes because they want to be done. But he's already planning his next political move after his assured acquittal. It's driving them absolutely nuts. You ever had that breakup with a uh, with a spouse or a significant other boyfriend, girlfriend back in the day? Or maybe a family member? And... You know that they're kind of crazy because they're a little obsessive and they don't let you go. And every time you try and tell them no, they try and come back even harder and more intense. And you tell them no, and they come back harder and more intense. And then all of a sudden, they just stop. And you're like, wait a second. 
what's going on here? Something's a little crazy. Something's a little weird right now because you're not responding the way you usually do. So either that's a good thing because you're gone or you're playing in something. But I know what's going on. Media's losing their minds with Donald Trump not responding to them and not saying anything. He's just been quiet. He's been coasting. He's waiting for this to all blow over. And then who knows what's going to happen thereafter. But, you know, evil old rich guy had to go stop golfing for the week and actually come back to watch the impeachment trial and them just losing their minds over it. But they have brand new evidence waiting to see it. They didn't show it today. All they showed was a video of everything we already knew about just angry people that took Trump's words out of context and went and did their own thing when they tried to link Trump to it, but that wasn't evidence enough. So again, they're wasting time, but I'm waiting for that evidence. What is it? Do you have an email? Do you have a phone conversation of Donald Trump saying, yes, go and invade the Capitol, baby? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, and live streaming, plus the podcast we have there after the show as well. It goes by so fast. Halfway through the program already? Are you kidding me? Come on. Come on, man. The fastest hour of radio on radio, really. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener. At a time, we still have a lot to talk about when it comes to the impeachment trial. We'll play some of that audio here in just a little bit because why not? That's what everybody wants you to pay attention to, right? But we still have, oh, I don't know, COVID bills. We have, you know, $2 trillion in COVID stimulus. We have a really universal income. Democrats to unveil a $3,000 per child benefit. Really, they were going to try and do that tomorrow. I don't know if they officially uh, did that or not, so... A child tax credit of $3,000 per child. That's kind of crazy. But until then, let's get to what's trending. What's trending today? When it comes to small business, when it comes to the economy trying to regroup after COVID-19, plus the um, the relationship between Wall Street and Main Street, the small business trying to work with the big corporations, how is it going and are we actually doing well in the nation or are some reforms that actually need to happen? I'm excited to have on the program. He is with the American Small Business League. I'm excited to have on the program Lloyd Chapman with us here. Lloyd, how are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, I appreciate you coming on very much. So it's an interesting topic for sure as we talk about trying to get small business going. I know that makes up a vast majority of the U.S. economy. Before we get into this issue, just from what you've heard, just being involved with small business and seeing small business around the country, 
are we doing okay with the COVID stuff? Are we slowly starting to open up and or, or are we in dire straits when it comes to just small business shutting doors because of the whole COVID pandemic over the last year? I would say we're in dire straits. Mm. Um, yep. And, and small businesses weren't doing that well before the COVID. In fact, uh, um, for one of the first times in history, we're losing more small business every year than we're opening. And that was before the COVID. And that's, uh, that's the first time that's happened, I think, in U.S. history. So, yes, small businesses are, are being devastated. What's the reasoning for outside of COVID, as you mentioned? I mean, that definitely just put a more a bigger burden on them. But what's the reasoning for it? I mean, we have federal regulations going on right now where they tried to increase federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. I don't know if that would have it. I'm sure that would have an impact on it quite a bit. We have the stock market and the Wall Street that's really kind of running away with things. And that's been kind of the focus. So what's been the key factors on why small business is hurting so much in the nation? Well, this this may shock you and some of your listeners, but our government is not pro-small business in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Uh, you're laughing. <laughs> uh, think of it this way. So 99% of all U.S. firms have less than 500 employees. And according to the Census Bureau, they're responsible for just about 100% of the net new jobs. Wow. And today, uh, based on all research that are on government databases, 97% of all federal spending goes to the 1% of all U.S. firms that have over 500 employees. And again, according to Census Bureau data, those firms haven't created one net new job since uh, 1980. That's over 40 years. So the government is so pro-big business that they're, I would say, anti-small business. That's concerning. I mean, we talk about, for example, maybe uh, contributions to their political campaigns, their uh, political donations. And I'm sure the vast majority of that money comes from those large corporations. Is that really why we're just kind of pandering to the special interests that are really putting these politicians in office? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I've, I've been in every office in Washington. I've been in every Senate office. I've been in every congressional office. I've been all over, you know, all over Washington. And when you go into a, um, a congressional office building, you see these guys in $5,000 suits and $2,000 shoes. <laughs> Yeah. You know, with the crocodile briefcase, you know, and uh, wait to talk to the senators and the congressmen. And they wear their, um, their suit sleeve short so you can see their solid gold uh, cufflinks that have the presidential seal, <laughs> which you get, you know, you basically buy those, right, by campaign donations. But, yeah, our, our government is a business, and it runs on money. And if you want to be in Congress, you've got to raise money. And... Um, you're not going to get it from small businesses, the middle class. I remember a senator one time told me that he's got to raise fifty thousand dollars a day. That was Obama, by the way. Fifty thousand a day. Fifty thousand a day, and that was you know ten years ago, something like that, right? And um, so yeah, so so um, our government uh, is a business. It runs on money, and the money comes from Fortune 500 firms. I saw a study a year ago by an independent uh, think tank in DC. I can't think of the name of it. And they said that 95% of the time, Congress approves legislation that big businesses want and not what the American people want. And I remember back, you know, was it uh, TARP, the Troubled Asset Relief Program? The vast majority of Americans were against it. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it passed anyway. And I remember um, seeing, uh, you know, politicians on television saying we need to pass this, uh, this legislation to help out small businesses and increase access to capital. The truth is, after that was passed, 
access to capital for small businesses has dropped about 50%. And um, that was in the mainstream media. And I had a friend that had a very successful um, small business, and all their credit card companies just cut their um, limits in half for no reason, right? But, um, yeah, Washington, I'm, I'm afraid, is more corrupt than most people would believe. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable. And um, um, think, think about this now. So we've got one agency in government to help the 30 million small businesses where most of your listeners work and it create, you know, like 99% of that new jobs. And that agency's budget has been cut every year for 20 years, maybe 30 years. Right. And, you know, so the 1% that has over 500 employees, their agency is the Commerce Department. So while the Commerce Department budget is $10 million, the SBA's budget is $700 million. And that's essentially they've closed the SBA. So the Small Business Administration has essentially been closed. When Reagan took office, the SBA budget was $2 billion. So with normal inflation in 2021, it would be over $4 billion, but it's $700 million. You can't run a federal agency on $700 million, you know. In, in government, you probably know this, $700 million is just like, you know, dirty pennies on the ground that we wouldn't pick up. That's nothing. Yeah, it's a drop in the bucket. So, it's, um, you're blowing my mind with this because I knew it was bad. I knew they were corrupt. I knew they didn't really care about the quote-unquote little guy. But, I mean, it takes it to a whole new level uh, with the numbers that we're talking about here. Uh, by the way, we're talking with Lloyd Chapman, president of the American Small Business League. You can find them online at ASBL.com. Let's talk about some of the regulations that they're putting in and what's killing off some of these businesses. I mean, $15 an hour minimum wage that they're trying to implement that would kill really any local mom-and-pop restaurant across the nation. Uh, The COVID-19 relief bills, they said that they wanted it to go directly to small business last year. I don't know if it did or not, but I highly doubt it. Now we see Joe Biden moving $30 billion from general COVID relief to uh, ag industry, but for green environmental ag industry. Now, I'm in Kansas. we got a lot of farmers and ag, uh, ag ranchers around here. I'm pretty sure trying to invest in new environmentally friendly technology on the farm is probably going to bankrupt some of the small mom-and-pop farms around the country, too, isn't it? Yeah, I, I would think so. And um, in anything that a president does or Congress does is almost always directed by lobbyists. Mm. And, and that's just where the power is. You know, when you go to Washington on K Street, where all the lobby firms are, you know, that's that's where the decisions are made. I tell you another funny thing about Congress that people don't know about. When you go to D.C. and you go to a congressional office building, it looks like a college. It's it's all people in their 20s. So when you go into a senator's office, you won't see anybody in there <laughs> that has the ability to write legislation. Sure. Legislation is written by lobbyists. I, I, I would bet that 95 percent of legislation is written by lobbyists. And well, again, I would agree and they with don't that. have the and that goes along with the agencies as well. I mean, the, the the Environmental Protection Agency, the Department of Housing and Urban Development. I mean, the I would say the bureaucratic state, the fourth branch of government between them and the special interests, which I call interconnected between the two. I mean, they're the ones that are writing all the legislation. The elected officials are literally just there to fundraise and then go on the House or Senate floor to vote. Absolutely. In fact, um, the way the way uh, Congress works is the leader of each party directs, you know, the members of Congress in that party how to vote. So, so people in Congress and in, in, in the House and the Senate, they vote for legislation they've never read because they, you know, the, the party leadership says vote for this, don't vote for that, but they don't even read it. Um, I'll tell you something interesting. This, this is going to surprise you, and I bet a lot of your, your listeners. The number one economic stimulus program in history for the American public, the middle class, is the Small Business Act. That was passed in 1953. And that law says 
that a minimum of 23% of all federal contracts go to small businesses. And yet, uh, you can just Google Fortune 500 firms getting small business contracts, corporate giants landing small business contracts, and you'll see dozens of stories. The truth is that today, uh, most federal small business contracts go to Fortune 500 firms, their subsidiaries, and large businesses around the world. And um, if, if, if President Biden wanted to do something to really boost the economy, he would end that. Just stop uh, giving federal small business contracts to Fortune 500 firms, and that would, that would redirect around $300 billion a year annually in existing federal spending into the middle class. Um, you know, small businesses um, are responsible for half the gross domestic product, half the private sector workforce, yeah. and over 90% of all U.S. exports. Yet this one piece of legislation that could really uh, save the middle class economy I don't. I don't expect that's going to change. I, I don't think that's going to change. So it's very. It's very unfortunate. It is really unfortunate. Um, we got. We got to take a break here. And when we come back, I want to talk some more about this about some of the fraud and loopholes that are going on. Because if they are protected to have twenty, thirty percent of some of the federal contracts coming in, I mean, are the Fortune five hundred companies just starting kind of branch off small businesses to take some of those up and kind of bring them back into the main company? So I want to talk about that. Plus, what can we do about this? Because a small business, as you mentioned, runs the nation. And how can we get back to that point? Or can we get back to that point? or is it too far gone? So I want to talk with Lloyd Chapman about that uh, when we come back here with a break because small business kind of making things happen. I mean, I'm at a radio station that's run by a small business. I started my own media company that is a small business. And how do we get our fair shake without the conglomerates coming in and taking things over? Kind of an interesting conversation, especially as we still go through an economic turmoil where, you know, the value of the dollar is just going to be dropping really quickly under the Joe Biden and Democrat-run administrations. We'll do all that and more coming up here, wrapping up the show for a Tuesday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay tuned. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the show. Wrapping up the program. It goes by way too fast. Way too fast. Your millennial general reporting for duty each and every day. I like it. A lot of people are excited as we get to make this happen each and every day. Thank you for that. Radio TV plus the live streaming, which we have on all of our social media. Follow us on social media at Hoosier Reason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. On the website at HoosierReason.com. Excited to have this guy on for a few more minutes as we wrap up the program. He is the president of the American Small Business League, Lloyd Chapman, talking about some of these small business issues and how to get them to actually, you know, grow and prosper and do well. I mean, we're spending so much money at the federal level that, you know, now all the pressure comes back down on us. Like usual, we come out and save the day like we usually do. So, Lloyd, let's talk about what can we do trying to create a small business, trying to maybe uh, come up with a new product or come out with a new entertainment line or so. I mean, I created my Hoosier media network trying to do podcast streaming and, and, you know, branch out different content. I mean, online it's fun, but at the same time, like, do we still get the same opportunities as some of the bigger conglomerates? Because right now I'm getting suppressed on social media, getting suppressed on the internet. Uh, it's, it's kind of a tough business, especially in political talk, which takes it to another level. But what can we do about small business to give them the fair shot to grow and succeed and actually do well in the nation? Well, you know, uh, I think the Small Business Act is the you know the the best bet. That's going to redirect more money into the middle class than anything else. And and I think people should get mad. I'd start off by getting mad and realize the government's cheating you. We're being cheated every year for gosh over twenty years, and um, they need to reopen the Small Business Administration and open all the offices that were closed. And, um, Wait, they clo- I didn't yeah, even know, know they closed that. Well, you know what? Let's just say this: it's it's still open, but uh, they've they pretty much cut the budget to the point that it can't operate. So the last oh, in the last twenty years, the the uh, staff of the Small Business Administration has been cut by I would say sixty to seventy percent. I was actually up on um, an executive floor of the SBA a few years ago, and there was nobody there. I was surprised. There was nobody there except the guy I was talking to, and he was a friend of mine. The whole big giant floor was vacant. Wow. But, um, you know, people, it, like I said, it's, it's hard for people to, to believe how anti-small business, you know, Congress is. Mm-hmm. I'll give an example. About 10 years ago, I wrote a bill called the Fairness and Transparency and Contracting Act. It was introduced into Congress three times, and it simply said the government won't give small business contracts to Fortune 500 firms. Never made it out of committee. But what they did pass was a policy called the Safe Harbor Front Fraud Penalties Policy. So if you're a large business masquerading as a small business to illegally hijack federal small business contracts, um, you can avoid the 10-year prison term by just claiming that you acted in good faith. So my bill, just to stop giving small business contracts to Fortune 500 firms, didn't pass, but the Safe Harbor for Fraud Penalties Policy did pass. You can Google that. Google Google the Safe Harbor for Fraud Penalties Policy and see what pops up. <laughs> but How that's sad. astounding. Yeah, that's astounding. 
but it's it's um I would have to say that that literally the government, whether it's Democrat or Republican, the United States government is anti-small business. And if you doubt that, look at what they do. Look at what they do. The PPP money was supposed to go to small businesses. Right. I just did some calculations on my phone calculator. The number recipient of of PPP loans, its payroll protection program, laid off 95 percent uh, of his employees. He got thirty million dollars. That would have that would have given fifty thousand dollars to six hundred legitimate small businesses. But, oh, I was uh, just going to ask you about that. I mean, how much money did small business, uh, meaning small business with less than five hundred employees, actually receive in that PPE and those relief packages last year? Because it doesn't sound like they got a whole lot. No, very little, and that's typical. Quite frankly, when you look at any federal program that's labeled small business, most of the money's going to go to big business. It's been that way, you know, my whole lifetime. I've been suing the government for thirty-two years. And uh, I've never won a lawsuit against a government that did, didn't expose fraud. And the fraud is they're giving small business money to, to, to big businesses. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's so disappointing. And um, I'll tell you something interesting, Andy. You can't talk about that on national television. You will never see on national television anyone talking about the fact that small businesses create, you know, 99% of all net new jobs. Yeah. Responsible for half the gross domestic product, half the private sector workforce, over ninety percent of exports. You'll never hear it. No, of course You'll never not. Hear it. No, they they don't because obviously with the big TV stations as well. I mean, you're getting the corporate money anyways, and they don't want you to talk about that kind of stuff. So you it goes it. against their their purpose, and it, it's so unfortunate. It breaks my heart to hear how bad this actually is. As you mentioned, there's a lot of corruption in the government all over the place, and it's just you know just beating down that small guy and that small business already as well. Lloyd Chapman, president of the American Small Business League. Find them online asbl.com. Lloyd, we got to do this again real soon. I love the chat. We got to we got to continue this conversation at a later time. Thank you very much, Andy. Enjoy hey. being on your show. Hey, appreciate it very much. Always a pleasure right there. That does it for us today. Podcast going up a little bit. We'll do it again tomorrow. We'll continue this conversation, plus the impeachment trial. Now that it's set to move forward, what the heck's going to happen with that, plus all the other bills going through the Joe Biden administration. Until then, I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a great Tuesday evening. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.